had the Heartbreakers and the Tom Petty in the band Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Take note, Hootie. <laughs> Take note, Hootie. Dude, Tom Petty was the man, man. Oh, so good. Incredible amount of hits, really. Hard to choose one. I would just say, yeah, that's crazy you picked that one. So many to pick from. You know, I have a classic rock playlist I made on Spotify, and it is called The Drive. And uh, nice. before we go on, I just clicked. DRV. Yeah, that's right, man. 97.1 FM. Uh, is that right? 97.1? I can't remember. Yeah, that. you got it. Yeah, man. It's yeah. ingrained in my mind there. WDRV. That's right, man. And so I just usually uh, click shuffle on it, and it always surprises me, usually in a good way. So that's the route I went today. You little... can never go wrong with the classic rock. I think it it's really my... doesn't offend too many people. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Yeah. Don't you feel like we did live through a small moment in time where people were like anti-classic rock or they were tired of it? I, I kind of feel like that happened like 10 years ago. And then I was probably, I'm just too old for that, I guess. I was already like, no, you guys are f***. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, we're starting off listen strong. You listen to that synthesized <laughs> shit? Yeah. Why don't you go to Japan? <laughs> But uh, yeah, dude, I, I do feel like that happened for a minute. And then, you know, I worked at uh, this pub for a long time. And one of my favorite bartenders that I worked with, we would chat music uh, from time to time. And he was from Boston or like East Coast kind of area. Not Boston, sorry, but that was in my head for a reason. Uh, he's an, a Philly guy. And we were discussing great albums. And I said, and I stand by this still. I said, then... You know, the greatest rock album of all time is Boston, Boston, start to finish. And he's like, hmm. you're right. That's the most rocking album. And rarely do I agree with music or on music with people, especially people from, you know, East Coast. But uh, <laughs> he was right on the money. I try not to even really talk to him. Yes, yeah. I know. I know how you feel about East Coasters, but I dig East <laughs> Coast people. Uh, and so... I was really kind of shocked at how he immediately gravitated to that idea. And for years after, we would both kind of share in the concept that Boston, Boston was, is one of the greatest rock albums and maybe the greatest classic rock albums of all time. Dude, it ends with more than a feeling. It's literally one of the start to finish. That's a great album. Yeah. I think it opens with more than a feeling. Actually, start, No, it starts with, uh, no, it starts with rock and roll band. I you know I can't even remember. I have it on vinyl, but I just do more than a feeling. Oh. I do recall that start to finish, it's just an absolute rocker. And I really yeah. don't know another album that's like that. Like even Zeppelin 4, considered maybe one of the greatest albums of all time. Like I skip over Stairway. I'm not going to lie. I've heard it enough. Yeah, but at the, but at the same time, same time there are times where you will specifically go for it. Go only. for it. That's right. Just do the so, stairway. <laughs> you know? Good call. Good Sometimes call. you're doing only stairway, which that's, I don't know. Yeah. I think that comes with, you know, that, that's why you got to kind of take that song out. It's, it's set apart. It's its own case. It is. Yeah. Good call. It's on its own, man. Right. <laughs> Stairway's funny. <laughs> uh, I always think of Wayne's World when I hear Stairway. And he starts. And that's what I mean. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and the the guy in the store points to the sign that says "No Stairway." It's so funny too. <laughs> it's a great riff. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> no, there's so many like yeah, there's so many things you can associate with that song. It's just it's too, you gotta set it apart. <laughs> it was it was too good for its time. You know. <laughs> yeah, maybe way ahead of its time, or just the pinnacle of classic rock potentially and you know we could never look back i guess but yeah so how are you doing mike how's everything in the shy town man uh, everything's going pretty good pretty good a little tired i had to work fucking late last night really yeah it's crazy super late huh I'm working the late night crowds yeah, oh yeah it's, uh, <laughs> yeah or till two in the morning just hanging pipe yeah that's rough they got this thing in like Chicago now because there was like a bunch of everything's covered in lead paint. Oh right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. So everything's covered in lead paint, uh, or it's made out of asbestos. Very nice. 
And so it's literally like, all right, we have this emergency. This pipe is broken. We need to reroute it, but you can't touch the floor and you can't touch the ceiling. Because <laughs> the only thing that, that seems okay is the wall. <laughs> you can drill in the wall. You can do whatever you want to the wall, but you can't. And we're, like, we're just like, what? And, and, it, and it's 10 o'clock at night. Go. Wow. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, 100 is, you know, it's so funny. It's amazing we did so many, like, we built so many structures with essentially poison. <laughs> and now, here we are, like, a hundred years later, like, fuck, don't touch the poison, all right? We got to fix everything around the poison. No, I'm the first one to brag about how, like, oh, man, these buildings I'm going in, built in Chicago, lasted forever. <laughs> yeah, dude, but they got, like, lead-lined fucking walls and shit. Yeah, of course nuclear blasts aren't going to take them down, dude. <laughs> Well, you know you'll survive the war with Russia, right? If you're in Chicago, just hide in one of the old buildings. Oh, I'm staying in a school, dude. Sure. <laughs> yeah. There's so much lead in that paint. <laughs> it's amazing the kids survive and grow up in Chicago. How they don't just like, it's amazing they're not like poisoning and dying. Like, uh, right well, there that's probably why they're not doing too good. Yeah, I guess you're right. Test scores aren't that high. What do you use Chicago as an example? <laughs> <laughs> I, would have, I would have used it as the poster child for bringing back leaded gas <laughs> you get the feeling maybe that every major city across the country just has all these horribly kind of poisoned situations going on the water the walls the lead piping the asbestos and they just yeah, don't sure. say anything until someone finds it you can't you cannot talk about it because no parent wants to send their kid to a, a room that's just encased in lead. Right. <laughs> with like with literally like paint chips, lead paint chips just falling on them from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody wants to send their kid to that, right? For sure. But at the same time, nobody wants to pay 70% taxes. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> the amount of money it would take to to get rid of it all. I just get this feeling that I, I kind of harp on the water a lot. Like, I really believe there's issues in all water systems. The government just doesn't say anything because they can't really do anything about it. The ironic thing about the water is nobody really wants to talk about the fact that, like, we used the reason they put lead pipes in, right, mm -hmm. was because you could drink out of them all day long back then because the water was better. Really? Yeah, we've done so much shit to the water now that you run it through the pipes, it corrodes lead. Oh, that's fucked up, man. Oh, my that's God. What, that, that's what happened. That's wow. what happened in fucking uh, Michigan, remember? In Flint? In Flint. All they did was change the water source, and it was just, it was just too shitty. It corroded the fuck. It ate through the fucking lining of the lead pipe. So essentially, there's these uh, what chemicals? I'm guessing not natural chemicals existing in these water sources that are corroding yes. the lead. Wow. And everybody out here is like, you need to change my pipe to something that can handle this shitty water you're pumping into my house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wait a minute. <laughs> I think you guys skipped a step here. Well, they're always bringing up like um, Jackson, Mississippi, right? They had to recently, again, boil water. And then yeah. they announced, okay, no longer do you have to boil the water. Are the people really going back to not boiling the water? I would be oh, a little yeah. suspect <laughs> myself. You know, yeah. Fuck no, dude. I'm getting the fuck out of there. That's what you know. Like, are you? Are we really to believe yeah. that after the first time you say there's something corrupted in the water that you magically fixed it and it's all honky dory, everything's good to go? But they never really let you know until after they fixed it. They never really know. Yeah, you're right. You never really know there's a problem until there's been a problem for like a couple decades. Like, oh, we just found out there was this leak of sewage into your water for 10 years, but we just fixed it. Yeah. Don't worry. And there's no other problem. Yeah. Nothing else is wrong. You don't Nothing have to boil the water wrong. anymore. Don't worry, folks. Drink away. <laughs> they, that, that's why we get, that's why our, our, dude, our jobs will never end. They will never end because there's like, you go into this like crawl space and there's a thousand feet of pipe, right? Oh, yeah. And there's, there's a leak, and they're like, all right, replace that 10-foot section. And you're like, what about the other? Ah, we're just here for that 10-foot section. And you can see all the 10-foot sections along the way that have been chopped out. Wow. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're just there to do that section that you, that you they paid for. That is absolutely crazy. And honestly, all that means is really that um, we're essentially uh, just going to be working forever. Uh, no retirement in store for any of us. So uh, we could just join the ranks of France, Mike. France, they're in the news, my man. Ha-ha! Oh, dude. Oh, fuck you, dude. I got, I got a little redemption here. Yeah, uh, yeah. You said French don't eat snails. I said I wasn't. Esca- I was, escargot? I was not familiar with snail Escargot? I had to look it up because I don't eat at those fucking shitty restaurants. But let me tell you something. That's like their most popular thing. What is it? Isn't that snails? I don't know. You tell me. You said you looked it up. Escargot, the snails. Is that what that means? The snails? Escargot? Dude, if you look at it, it's literally a picture of snails. Yeah, all right. Well, Little, I, it I literally means snails in fucking French. Yeah, well, I just never. I went to France. I never ate snails. That's all I'm saying. It's a snail served in its shell. That sounds disgusting. That's what I mean. Sometimes it's just one giant snail. That's the grossest that thing like, I've ever heard. You like scoop out of its shell and dip it in some gay French sauce. <laughs> it sounds disgusting, man. I told you, dude. This is like their thing. And then that dish. Look, there's a picture <laughs> of the dish I was describing to you. That I come, I'm completely just like made up in my mind. That's you know how like, you know how like shrimp. It's like a shrimp scampi, but with fucking snails. You. And then they got this little gay tray with like small little fucking like six little gay sauces that you dip into. What is this? Who would eat this? This is why Italian cuisine is far superior on every level. Oh, that's why there's nine Italian restaurants on every block in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where to get French food. Oh, oh, dude, this one snail's like the size of a hand. That's fucking gross, dude. Disgusting. I told you, dude. They love that shit. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, the French, dude, uh, they're up in arms and they're protesting right now because uh, they're raising the retirement age. French workers walked out en masse today on strike against the government's proposed pension reforms, including raising the retirement age by two years to 64. The French interior ministry says no. (laughs) They say lower it by eight years? What did she just say? (laughs) A million protesters could be seen marching through city streets across the country. You guys are retiring at 62, all of you? 62, dude. (laughs) And they're pissed And you're living to like 80. (laughs) That's unbelievable. As much as I shit on it, clearly those fucking snails are healthy because you guys live forever over there. (laughs) No wonder you retire at 62, live the good life. 62, bro. That's unreal. Nobody's retiring at 62 in America. Are you kidding me? Actually, that's when I'm eligible for my pension. Okay, well, I stand to be corrected. I'm an idiot and a loser because I definitely won't be retiring. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Alone. (laughs) Become a bummer or turn gay and move to France. Either way. Option two sounds more my angle. Protests affected major services, bringing much of France's transportation network to a standstill. The French National Railway System reported severe disruption across the country. And Paris's metro lines saw partial and even full closures throughout the the day. Ferry crossings also brought to a halt in northern France. The port of Dover briefly suspending services at one major sea route to Britain. All right, so they're shutting everything down. They're having a mass protest. This is all over the fact that they're... They want to raise the the retirement age from 62 to 64, 65, whatever it is. <clears throat> and everyone's losing their minds. Jesus Christ. Pretty crazy stuff, right? <clears throat> and I think ours is like 72 right now or something like that. The average, like, well, that's when you're going to get Social Security. Well, look, for once, I'm kind of going to side with the government on this one. I kind of dig where Macron is coming from. And do you know why, Mike? It's all because of a little lady called Sister Andre. Sister Andre, the world's oldest person, has died. She was born Lucille Randon in southern France on February 11, 1904, and became known as Sister Andre upon taking religious vows in 1944. On her 117th birthday, Sister Andre said, These people are retiring at 62 and they're living to 120, dude! What the fuck is this? (laughs) Dude, she had 70 years of retirement. (laughs) She had a longer retirement than I'm going to have a life. (laughs) I met all those that I loved and thank God for giving them to me. I thank God. 
There have been 10 Catholic popes and 18 French presidents in Sister Andre's lifetime. Oh she experienced two world wars, watching her older brother go off to fight and taking care of widows and orphans during World War II. But it wasn't all hardship. The Catholic nun is said to have enjoyed a glass of wine and a bit of bed. chocolate yeah, I love it. Inside Having edition, dedicated baby. much of her life to the church, Sister Andre can share the words penned by St. Paul, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Sister Andre. Oh, you didn't fight the good fight, baby. You won. <laughs> 117. 118, bro. Oh, damn. I don't, don't sell you sell your short, sister. Just shy of 119, apparently, I think a couple months away. Hundred and eighteen, and so all these people in France right now—they're protesting. They're up in arms in the streets, shutting everything down because they want to retire at sixty-two, so that way they can have a fifty <clears throat> or sixty-year-plus retirement. <laughs> Dude, we gotta start eating snails. We gotta move to France. What are we doing yeah. here? We're yeah, idiots. Well, I'm gonna start getting cheese and snails. <laughs> drinking wine, <laughs> tight tight pants that look like women's pants. Yeah, you're really focused on the <laughs> femininity of the <laughs> Frenchmen. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I just hate how they walk around like they're the shit. Well, you know, the they do walk around with You ever had to deal with them on, on, in Chicago? Oh, no, you don't. Man, I thought you. What was that gay st that store? <laughs> Hermes. Hermes. Yeah. I don't know. Go to that store and you get like, I don't know, you see all these like, when you go to that, that one block area, you get all these like rich people from different countries. I'll tell you why I dig France the worst. on a level. They were very much so nationalistic and very like into, you got to be French to be in France, like get the hell out of here mm. kind of deal. And then they let it go and now they're totally overrun by migrants and all this stuff, just like every yeah, other country. That's why they suck. But... <laughs> yeah. America kind of was yeah, in that boat for a little bit, right? They folded and joined the Union. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm saying there was, moment, there was a moment. There was a yeah. There was a moment in time where France was very independent, and I kind of I was I really like dug that. I'm into countries that are like, no, we're this. You know, this is our thing. Get the fuck out of here. That's why. Like, didn't Britain leave the the EU? They did. It was the Brexit. Yeah, remember it was gonna be the end of the world. Every country still exists. Everything's still fine. That's crazy. In all honesty, uh, honesty, the EU is kind of a creepy setup. It reminds me of all the World Economic Forum bullshit and all the stuff that they want to do to basically unify everyone under one currency, a digital currency. You got to use the health pass. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a weird communistic kind of thing to it. Not into it. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. No thanks. It's a hard no thanks. I f <clears throat> you can't make Europe but, into but the maybe United States. Dude, think about what that lady lived through. Maybe that's what you need to be 118. A little communism. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, again, she's French. She was, like, probably a, uh, like a very independent French woman. You know what I'm saying? For many years. I mean, yeah. fr France was an epicenter for a lot of incredible philosophy and free thinking. And, you know, it was, it was a beautiful place at certain times. It's a different place now, I'm sure. But, hmm. again, when I was it's... there, I sensed uh, this nationalism that, you know, the people were very proud to be French, and they didn't care for the others outside of France. And I kind of respect that. Even yeah. though it's douchey and arrogant, it comes, that's it the is. arrogance you sense. And that's why, like, they're the only country that got away with wearing the berets. All right. <laughs> like no other guy in any other country can get away with wearing that crap. No, no. Just the French. But that's unique to them. They got their own thing. So. All right, I'll give it to them. And but look hey, again. 118 years old, man. Got to give it to them. Well, doing something right. Living to 118. I think we should raise the retirement to at least 65, guys. <laughs> can we get 65? Can we do 65? <laughs> I think 60 years of retirement is plenty enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 65, man. Come on. <laughs> What's people... life expectancy? 78? Something around there? Something Whatever. like you get, that. You get, you get 10 years retirement. Ten How much years. do you want? You know? Realistically, once you stop moving, man, you're just going to waste away and die. That's what happens. Yeah, what are you going to do? Come on, go to work. 
<laughs> Go to work, dude. Don't be useless. <laughs>
doing yoga poses, they have completely eliminated the hot babe doing yoga. You know what? They probably saw all the fat people buying the yoga clothes <laughs> and they didn't realize they were just wearing them on the couch. I'm not kidding. It's the most bizarre thing. Remember I brought up there's that Gatorade commercial floating around right now and it's the like 400 pound chick on her head doing this incredibly impossible yeah. yoga stance. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now I like... Even like the just picture advertisements or the articles, right? If they're talking about healthy uh, living and how there's healthy living at all sizes. And uh, they keep showing fat people doing yoga. And I just find it fascinating because I, I've seen a lot of yoga studios and I, I've known, I know a few yoga instructors. And... You know, obese people don't seem to be their clientele. Hmm. And so uh, I can't believe this is the advertising route. I haven't really noticed it. I gotta be honest with you. I have not noticed the fat people yoga. Fat people yoga advertisements. And I'm just saying it's... Here's a... I'll, I'll contrast this with... If I'm watching basketball and every commercial is like mountain... Is a sprite, and it's all you know, black people. You know what I'm saying? Every commercial is a black person in it, and LeBron and Steph Curry. I'm not gonna raise an eyebrow because I'm watching NBA TV. You know what I'm saying? I I know what I'm watching. But then if I'm like watching football and I get fat chick doing yoga, this is out of place. Hmm. And if I'm reading the news. Why are you selling me yoga pants, but with a fat person in them? <laughs> like, <I don't> <laughs> like, they're just assuming you're fat. Is that what it is? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I think after the pandemic, everybody's fat now. This is true, and I, I've read some articles about it. How it's the average now, but I'm just, I'm just trying to say that like, uh, yoga used to really specify a certain group of people. And honestly, it, it, it was always just hot babes. Yeah. And douchey dudes. And douchey dudes, but mostly <laughs> hot babes. But they've eliminated the hot babes and the douchey dudes, and it's just the, the fat BIPOC people. Well, that's because that Indian guy ruined it. See? Redemption again. Indians are the worst. He was raping <laughs> all those women doing the yoga. <laughs> oh, no. Remember? <laughs> he started that, like, cult. I'm bringing it back to all the young lads out there is my point here. Can we get the hot babes in the yoga pants back in the advertisements, okay? When I was a kid, I wanted to see the babes in the bras doing the commercial for uh, Victoria's Secrets, okay? That's what I wanted to see as an adult in my 30s. I want to see the babes. How am I supposed to know who Leo's dating? I want to see the babes in the bras on the TV for the Victoria. Secrets commercial. It hasn't changed, but why have you changed all the advertising? This is garbage. Mm. Entertain me, damn it. <laughs> That's my fucking complaint like th- here. You don't like thick girls? Come on. No, not in my advertisements. Yeah. Sometimes they're all right. Look, if I see the Calvin Klein underwear ad, I want to see Marky Mark up there with his ripping ads. Yeah. I don't want to see... Uh, you know, some fat, hairy dude in underwear. You know what I'm saying? I just don't want, nobody wants to see a fat, hairy dude in underwear. Yeah, good call. It goes likewise the other way. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's my rant on the day. I, 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 I was floored by the fat people in yoga pants. And uh, every you. website I was on, I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe you did a search for fat women in yoga pants, and that's why they keep advertising to you specifically. You're it's right. Like targeted, it's targeted ads, dude. The, the what are you pr- watching on Pornhub? I was going to say, I got to stop watching porn at work. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> My fetishes are coming, are manifesting <laughs> themselves oh, into Google, advertising. Google knows, dude. They know. <laughs> they know what you're into. Fat chicks in yoga pants. Well, the thing is, uh, it's. A I always sh- get like ugly dudes fixing trucks. So, wow. All right. Maybe that's what I'm into. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, I'm mostly talking about sponsored articles that they do, like on CNN. NPR does a lot of them. It, they're always like pushing stuff, but they're articles on health, and you can usually see them towards the bottom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're great stuff. I usually don't read them. I'm just floored by the pictures they're using. <laughs> just get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Anyways, uh, well, I guess you're, fr- you're you are fat phobic. I I guess I am. This is true. Uh, so that's why I live in Denver, Colorado, Mike. Uh, you know, nice and thin. Yeah, fat people can't survive, right? <laughs> they can't in the high altitude. It's impossible. Yeah, um, not enough air. So speaking of being uh, non-inclusive, like myself, apparently, uh, there were some big shocking waves coming out of. Uh, I believe Philly from the Flyers and and oh I hit the button too quick there and they got a player there Mike uh, who refused to wear the ribbon if you know what I'm referencing here yeah (laughs) this is literally the Seinfeld bit yeah well the dude just uh there's a guy on the hockey team in uh Philly he he didn't want to wear the pride colors for the warm-ups and so they had to make a news thing out of it a strange turn of events before the flyers hosted the anaheim ducks tonight the team wore pride jerseys during warm-ups to celebrate the lgbtq plus community however defenseman ivan provorov would not join them on the ice citing his russian orthodox beliefs here's what he said after the game yeah, I, uh, I respect everybody, and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. The Flyers issuing this statement, here's how it reads. The Philadelphia Flyers organization is committed to inclusivity and is proud to support the LGBTQ plus community. Many of our players are active in their support of local LGBTQ plus organizations. Can you just kind of you can we were you can kind of hear it in the tone to host our annual yes, Pride Night again that this, this is year. Over. The Flyers will continue yes, to be strong advocates you. for inclusivity yeah. and the LGBTQ plus community. Voice, man, By the way, Kovarov yeah. is in it. fact play with the squad after warmups. <laughs> Do you hear his excitement? <laughs> but he did play the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Because nobody cares. <laughs> we can hear it in your voice. Nobody cares. L- LGBTQ, you played your cards. Nobody cares anymore. We've gone too far. The pendulum just swung so hard into the that direction that I feel like even the people that supported it are a little bit repulsed at this point. You know. Not repulsed, just uh, we're done. All right. You're clearly accepted in, in the society today. You know, nobody's hanging gays from a tree anymore. <laughs> you're, you're fine. Okay. We don't need to now celebrate you. <laughs> right? Now, guess what, gay guys? You get to be just like every other white man in this, in this country. You're, you're forgotten. Now go to work. <laughs> right? Well, are we going to, um, we're going to bash one side? Because uh, he doesn't want to be inclusive to their uh, gay rights, or are we going to bash the other side because they aren't being inclusive to his religious rights? Uh, nobody cares. Fuck. Uh, nobody cares. See, this is stupid. That's what I'm saying. It's over. LGBT. LGBT. The gay thing is over. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> yeah. How the guy responded to? He's like, "Look, it's my religion. I don't. No hard yeah. feelings. Deal with yeah, it. I just don't believe it. I'm allowed to believe what I believe. It's incredible. Leave him alone." I'm hoping we drop the sensitivity culture. Yeah, yes. You know, we've, we've had to live I mean, through I mean, it for so Did you hire this years, guy to teach man. a diversity and inclusivity uh, fucking class <laughs> at a college? Or, or do you pay him to fucking put a puck in a goal? <laughs> right? Everybody's just so fucking sensitive. Yeah. Everyone's been so goddamn sensitive for fucking ten years. I can't take it anymore. I want to, like, rip my skin off sometimes. Like... Like, like, that reporter should never be reading a story about that man unless it's about hockey. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Did you notice how many times he had to see, uh, say, LGBTBLTQ uh, <laughs> over and over? He said, <laughs> you like, six in his times, voice, dude. He didn't want to. Oh, man, it was too much. Too much. LGBTQ. Crazy. Yeah, we, we've gone too far. 
It's over. You can hear that it's over in the way they're reporting <laughs> on it. Everybody's just sick of it. You guys are fucking parading down the streets now. You're teaching the kids. You're doing it. You won. You won. All right? You're We're teaching done. the kids. <laughs> you know? Are you saying the battle was lost for the other side and... and- the BLT sandwich crew, they won it. They got it all. They're, uh... yeah, they, they, they own the public schools and everything now. Now I go to a school to do work. I'm an adult, so I can't go into this bathroom, right? That's right. Like, the teachers aren't even allowed to really go in there. They're yelling from the door, but, like, any guy or girl can go into whatever bathroom. Interesting, like yeah. All it's, right. like, it's like, who's more of a threat? <laughs> The teenage boy going in the women's bathroom, in the girls' bathroom? Or the male adult just going into the boys' bathroom, taking a piss? <laughs> I don't right? <laughs> like, I, you guys, your, rule, your rules make no sense. Like, wh- what are you protecting here? I don't get it. I just don't get it. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I've, we've gone in uh, off the deep end with the schools, the... Uh... I, the kids and, stuff I don't and, get. And with the, the rules don't make sense because the ideology doesn't make sense, and it's so backwards. You know? Did you notice the drag queen thing quieted down quite a bit? Yeah, because nobody wants that in their fucking uh, teaching, like their kids. Do you think the message was sent, maybe uh, nationally, like leave the kids out of it, please? Stop trying to read them books. Maybe. Cause that was I can't a believe that was ever a thing. It was a huge thing for what, like four months there, and now uh, nobody's talking about it anymore. I mean, thank God it happened because Matt Walsh was looking for another job. <laughs> <laughs> Fell pretty flat after that. What is a woman? Didn't really have any any new ideas. What was Matt Walsh's battle? Was he fighting the uh, the trans uh, groups? I don't know. He's always fighting something. Yeah, he's a fighter for sure. Well, the Daily Wire is in a battle right now mike i don't know if you're uh up to speed on that uh, one. yeah they're in a battle with every, everybody dude did you listen to anything <laughs> about steven crowder yeah i guess they did they try to buy him out for 50 mil 50 million yeah yeah they are uh, wow and not buy him out uh i was under the impression he tr- was going to sign a contract and be a part of the Daily Wire <clears throat> gang, and then apparently the contract had all sorts of weird stuff in it, and he's claiming that the Daily Wire is, in essence, in cahoots with the uh, the big tech. <laughs> I, love, I love how he talks about the contract. It's like, oh, you went to go sit down with three Jews and their lawyers, and oh, they had a really crazy contract? <laughs> who would have th- thought these guys were good at writing contracts? <laughs> you know what I mean? You and <laughs> we've uh, touched on this a few times, man. Where there is something up with the Daily Wire gang. They don't get censored on social media. They've had no issues in that regard, really, compared to some of the other players. Like they even- sold out, dude. And you know when it was? It was when they did the whole lawsuit against the government. Something happened where I think the government was like, we're going to let you win, but you can't reveal the documents or whatever. What, uh, what was the lawsuit against the government? Remember for the vaccine mandate? Oh. So, yes. That's- when the government did the vaccine mandate on any business over whatever people, um... They sued the government, and they're the reason why the vaccine mandate got put on hold, that lawsuit. That's crazy. And something happened there where really that's when you kind of just, I kind of just stopped, I, I slowly stopped listening to them because, the, yeah, like you said, they, they didn't really get kicked off anything, and it just kind of seemed like weird that Ben Shapiro was always, he seems like he's kind of defending certain people now, mm-hmm. you know? He was a major defender of the vaccine up until recently, and I, I've heard him, uh, as of late, discuss how you know we were fooled, and he was fooled. Yeah, but just like that one chick, the Asian chick, Yellen, or no, Yen? <laughs> Yen uh, from CNN? 
she was uh when? now she's saying when? like we shouldn't give the vaccine and it's not working and everything it's like yeah dude you guys are just the rats that are jumping ship now rats jumping ship dude absolutely you know what i mean you guys are the first ones to realize oh shit and, and you're just you're trying to save face before it comes out yeah man that's right on the money I don't know, but yeah, the Crowder thing, 50 mil, and he kind of laughed in their face when he read the contract. Well, I mean, there's two sides to the story. Uh, I'm apparently, I listened to Crowder's show for the first time in a while yesterday, and it was just like a 30-minute kind of rant that he gave about this situation. God, um, he loves himself so much. He, he does like himself some Christine are you kidding Crowder. me that's my name on the show my name alone is worth at least 500 million are you, have you seen me have you heard me <laughs> i'm just kidding sir i'd love to be on your show mike actually uh he's he uh, offered up his show's services uh to hire on new podcast to start his own empire so, oh yeah uh, hey, hit us up dude man we'll shoot i was totally kidding we'll shoot him an email i was thinking i'll send him a clip of you making fun of him from the last episode uh, <laughs> Did I? Yeah, I believe you made fun of the fact that he goes to college campuses and talks about how he used to wrestle I 20 years ago. Good, right <laughs> Steven, Steven, come on. You know we roast the ones we love, buddy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I should have Ted Cruz for a whole year. It's my favorite podcast now. I listen to it in my mornings three times a week. <laughs> I actually, I'm even starting to get into the Chris Cuomo show, man. Wow, you've become a Cuomo, bro. Pretty good. He had Mike Rowe on the other day. It's actually a very good interview. Dude, it's actually too bad he's such a dirtbag because he's actually a pretty good interviewer. Chris Cuomo? But you, yeah, but you got to, like, he needs somebody there to, like, get him to stop talking about himself. Like, because sometimes he goes on these things where you're like, dude, shut up. Go back to him. You know? Go back you're here to, to inter- yeah. You're here to interview Mike Rowe. Well, uh, I'll have to take a listen to that because I do like me some Mike Rowe. Uh, he's a pretty interesting voice of blue collar reasoning in today's yeah, day and age. Guy. So <clears throat> he nice really, dude, guy. he kind of gave he he just kind of gave it to him and every you know about how like it's kind of the media's fault. You guys are su- you guys are the one like you guys talk about fucking. He, he had a great point. Like you turn on the media and well, what was it for that whole like two month period about student debt relief and we gotta solve this student debt problem? And he was like. The same people that are, you know, they're running out of breath talking about that. You guys are the ones telling every kid they need to go to college. Yes. You're the ones that are making, you know what I mean? Learn how to code. You, you guys are the ones that are making it seem like there's no other choice, which is giving the colleges the, the means to raise the prices. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> it is insane. And I'm glad he called uh, Cuomo out on it because... Cuomo's an actor, and, yeah, I mean. Dude, he's so fucking, it's funny just to watch him flip-flop, like, so, like, when he's talking to Mike Rowe, he mentions, (laughs) like, three times, he's like, I know, people might be surprised to, they learn, they watch the show, I'm a little bit right of center, actually. Right of center? Yeah, like, dude, no, you're not, you're just saying that because you're talking to fucking Mike Rowe, and you know he's a conservative, you know? No! When you you had Neil deGasse on there the other day, you fucking... You couldn't be more of a liberal. <laughs> right of center. That's fantastic. <laughs> you know, yeah, he said, I've heard him say it a couple times. So like when he talks to a conservative, he's like, people would be really surprised to know that I'm actually a little bit right of center. And, they, and then the, everybody, uh, I always tell people, uh, show me a Democrat, show me a liberal that sleeps with a shotgun under their pillow. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, you fucking idiot. <laughs> oh man do you sleep with a shotgun on your pillow or does your private security you fucking idiot yeah he definitely has private security and he lives like in the hamptons or whatever doesn't he have like multiple vacation yeah. homes and like a super and, and nice you got fucking, i know York. you're making millions on this stupid podcast because i gotta fast forward 30 minutes through all your fucking advertisements is one of the reasons Steven Crowder was totally against joining on with the Daily Wire. He mentioned in his rant that 
part of the deal is he basically has to sacrifice X amount of time every episode to repeat these, uh, you know, advertisements. Which and is, talking points. And, and that's like kind of, bu- you yeah, know, yeah. It's a huge turnoff of, for me when I'm listening to a lot of these shows. You know, you got to always fast forward through those advertisements and what have you. And so I could see why he didn't like the contract. Uh, to all of our book. listeners, that's why we stay commercial free. We've had out so many offers, but we said no. Every one of them. The experience. Uh, should we tell him about the time we told Steven Crowder to kiss our ass? Uh, that was incredible. Yeah, fuck you, Crowder. <laughs> one million. Don't insult me. <laughs> Have you seen my hair plugs? <laughs> my hairline is perfect. This is incredible. So I can talk like this, and I can yell at a, I can yell at an eighteen year old kid and feel superior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're always calling out the hair plugs, man. You got an eye for that. Because they're all doing it, man. Yeah, if you look look at the statistics, like sixty percent of men start balding at thirty, except Hollywood. It's one percent. <laughs> it's, it's John Travolta. <laughs> you know? <laughs> How could that be? Oh man! So, uh. I have a little bit of Crowder if you want to hear his uh, it's like a yeah. quick it's a quick clip I caught it off of Twitter um I didn't cut it up myself uh but it's um it's just kind of a little snippet of what he was complaining about but I have a more interesting clip for uh for the story to follow it with so here we go here's Crowder Big Tech is in bed with Big Con The people you thought the people I thought were fighting for you a lot of it has been a big con. Now, I'm specifically avoiding naming names or going after individuals uh, in this video because <laughs> I genuinely hope that those I'm addressing, and you know who you are, have a change of heart. Don't sign, don't sign these contracts. This is why I hate him. Just say it. We all know, dude. I, dude, so... Just stop being a <laughs> f- and fucking say it. You know what's funny is uh, I listened to this last night without context for what was happening, and I... I literally said in my head, like, oh, he's talking about the Daily Wire. Yeah. I knew who he's talking about. It's so obvious. What so, other... It, it's, you already you worked for what? The Blaze, the other mainstream conservative, conservative radio uh, syndicate or whatever they're called now. The other one is The Daily Wire. If you're going to burn a bridge, at least, at least be a man and say the name of the bridge you're burning. You know? <laughs> this, is, this is some of that gay French-Canadian bullshit you're doing here with this. <laughs> Very passive-aggressive, Stephen. Very. We don't like this. This is America, buddy. I know. I now know what you are signing out there. I have the luxury of not having to. You know, let me go through this. Yeah. If any of them... I wear that <laughs> holster like an American. But dude, no American would do this bullshit. Oh, dude. The holster wearing during the podcast, it's a little weird. Even Ben I'm... Shapiro, our gay little Jew friend, he came right out and called you out on his show. By name. Oh, he did today? Yeah. I have to listen to that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Stephen. Go ahead. Right. Your platforms that. issues a content strike such that Crowder cannot be monetized on such platform. The fee will be reduced by 25%. And then another 20% of it happens on Apple. And then another 10% of it happens on Facebook. And then another 10% of it happens on Spotify. And then if you get a, then if you get a strike, meaning a suspension, another 20%. Just to drive it home, you get hit by a car, you have a sick day, you could lose $100,000 a day. This is what's sent out to everybody. All right, so Steven's upset. Uh, he feels like he's been taken advantage of. It was trending uh, today on Twitter because uh, apparently he, in a weird way, uh, equated it to um, you know his material being enslaved, essentially, and uh, people spun it as him... Uh, claiming being offered fifty million was like uh, slavery, so that's the <laughs> kind of weird outcome from this whole situation. Either way, uh, I caught Jeremy Boring's response, ooh, which I actually found really fascinating. because uh, I never really connected in my head. You know, how did Steven Crowder actually get so famous? Right? Yeah, like he's kind of not a small. He's no dude man podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, he's Steven Crowder, man. He's, he's got, got a few more followers. Like, just a few, all right? But, uh, like, I, I'm just saying, it's, 
there's something to be said to how he became who he is today. And so here's a, this is a, a snippet of Jeremy Boring's response. But Stevens never had to create the company that actually distributes markets and monetizes all of that content. You know, he talks in his video about being one of the only true independent conservative voices. Uh, and I find that incredibly offensive. You know, Stephen, the whole time I've known him, has worked for someone else, uh, has been paid by someone else. That doesn't mean other people tell him what to say. He's a very independent voice, and, and that's good. So is Matt Walsh. So is Candace Owens. So is Ben Shapiro. So is Michael Knowles. So is uh, Brett Cooper. Uh, but Stephen, you know, as much or more than any of them, a very independent voice. But he's not exactly a self-made man. That, that's not true. He, he was paid by PJTV when I met him, which was owned by a billionaire at the time. Then he was paid by CRTV for a number of years, which was owned by a billionaire uh, at the time. Then he was paid by The Blaze, which was subsidized by a billionaire, uh, until Tyler Carden, one of the real genius businessmen in our movement, turned the company around and, and made it profitable. Uh, during all of that time, Stephen drove a ton of revenue. He was, he's incredibly valuable. I'm not suggesting that he wasn't driving va uh, value. He was. I'm only saying he didn't have to build all of that. He didn't have to think about it. And he didn't necessarily have to be profitable. And he doesn't know for a fact that he was profitable. Because as he has said very publicly, all those companies, none of them really shared all the information about what was happening with them. So Stephen feels very certain that his show was always profitable. But he doesn't know that his show was profitable. Ooh. And even if it was, what became of that profit? Most of that profit almost certainly was reinvested. Damn. Hmm. Kind of a burn on Steven Crowder. Kind this of. is stupid. Listen. <laughs> yeah. You got offered a you got offered a contract for 50 mil. Do you want it? No. All right. 50 million, dude. Come on. I, I probably wouldn't take it either. Sounds like it's not, you know. For four years? Not dig it. That's a nice deal. I don't know who I'm kidding. I'd, I'd send my life away. 50 mil? <laughs> for four years, man. Dude, I joined the army for four years and for a $9,000 bonus. <laughs> I'd, what did Stephen... Put that in the perspective, <laughs> Stephen Crowder. <laughs> Honestly, though, what would you expect if you were going to sign on to something like the Daily Wire? You're basically signing over the rights to whatever creative properties you've created there. Yeah, but that's the best part about being a creator. You'd always create another one. Just create a new one. You could be the artist formerly known as Steven Crowder. Yeah. Quieter with Crowder. <laughs> the spinoff is I actually shut up and let other people talk. <laughs> yeah, you've noted that you like uh, the comedian fellow that's on there. Yeah, what's his name? Dave Landau? Dave Landau. Yeah, he's a funny guy, and I have enjoyed the times where he's hosted. Have you heard his stand-up? Yeah, it's pretty funny, actually. Pretty fucking funny guy. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, I was actually disappointed I didn't get to see him when he came to Colorado Springs uh, about a year ago. It was like right after the pandemic when they were certain places were reopening, and the Springs was a place where you could go see shows unvaccinated. Wow. Yes, they were not checking IDs. So a lot of comics, a lot of really good comics were going down to Colorado Springs. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's really what happened. I told you before, man, that's why Schaumburg took off. Schaumburg has taken off. I didn't know It's that. like one of the biggest plays, yeah. Actually, if you listen to like podcasts of comedians, they all talk about going to the, uh, what's that, the Improv or whatever at yeah. Woodfield. Wow, really? Yeah, it's like, because dude... When Chicago was doing its stupid vax mandate, dude, still to this day, you, Woodfield is packed on the weekend. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of its own mini city. Yeah, it's right off the highway. It's kind of nice. You got Don't all the shots. Chicago. <laughs> That's right, man. I think there's like clubs there. I worked at a, I was a valet guy uh, one summer. One of the clubs around in, uh, in the mall area there. Bamboo Room. Yeah. Bamboo Room, I think it was called. Bamboo. Yeah, man. I worked for uh, it was a valet company. Perfect valet. I feel like I'd be running into uh, Jim Carrey and Cameron Diaz at the fucking bamboo room. 
this place, I think it was Bamboo Room or something like that, like Boom Boom Room, Bam Bam Room, Bam Boom Room. Uh, it was a really happening place, dude. Like the nicest cars you could ever imagine at that time, 20 years ago, would be rolling up. And uh, I got to uh, drive the nicest cars ever. It was great. And I was a young dude, and yeah, but that was, <laughs> yeah, but that was like uh, twenty years ago. So now all those cars are kind of shitty. Yes, but at the time, nothing like the cars today. Pretty, pretty fun stuff and a fun job. They didn't even have Bluetooth. No, they did not. <laughs> you were getting in like a Mercedes with no Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild to think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No Bluetooth available. AMG with a CD player. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Perfect valet, dude. It was a sweet gig. You'd you'd be at the uh, front area. They'd roll up, and you'd grab the keys, and they'd give you some cash. And uh, if it was a high roller, they'd give you the money right off the bat, and you'd park it up front, you know? Mm. And then uh, if it was just a normal car, you'd grab the keys, give them the ticket. You drive it out around the block to like uh, this abandoned Kohl's or JCPenney kind of uh, outlet store. And it had just this yeah. huge lot that they would just, we would line up all the cars. And you had to back them up, right, into their spots. So that way when you got in them, you'd pull them right out. And, uh, and then you'd park the car and you would have to sprint all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the job, man. And part of part of the sprint back, uh, we you would go through one of the other abandoned kind of mall rooms, and that's kind of that was the office for the uh, valet gang. <laughs> and it was a pretty wild gig, man. We all had we had these poncho like purple poncho things, and they had these big pockets, <laughs> big giant pockets on the front. They were like personally made for this company. And you would put the cash in the giant poncho pocket. And you'd get in big trouble if you didn't put the cash in there. Wow. Yeah. yeah you guys had to, like, pull the tips. Pulling right? the tips, man. And then the managers counted it, skimmed off the top or oh, most of, of it, ripped the rest of us off, gave the most of it to their, you know, their buddies. And uh, then they'd kick us out, and they'd all do a bunch of blow, I'm sure. That's how the whole uh, oh, situation the whole night, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. So that was the whole gig, man. But I was a young guy, and I just liked uh, being up late at night, driving nice cars and running. Driving stick shift? Driving stick shift. I learned stick shift on some really fancy uh, rides, man. These kids don't know. I, I, I can't tell you how many valets have signs that say no stick shift. What? That, yeah. No. Like, they're, <laughs> like they can't drive it? It's just they don't want them. We're not taking it. Wow. Yeah. And the guys say there's so few that eh, it doesn't matter. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was like part... And, and really, nowadays, the only cars that have stick shift are like racing cars, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So they're not making the Honda Civic uh, manual anymore, huh? It's not no more. You know, Honda, Honda Civic, I don't know. But you look at all, like even like Corvette, dude, you got the paddle shifters. <laughs> that's right the paddle shifters those are kind of weird that's like on all the new that's like the new yeah you know have you, know, you seen the new corvette i have not is it the hybrid one I fucking hate it is this dude. the hybrid oh, that God. i've been reading about I, or i saw something dude i literally it? saw it at intersection the other day and i was like what is that is that the new like lamborghini what is that that's the new corvette dude you totally lost the americanness you know what i mean it now looks like a fucking italian sports car uh... You know, the Corvette used to be that fucking fat American ass, you know? It was the with Batmobile, it. dude. Yeah. With, with the curves. And the, the curves, fucking... dude. That The back end curves over the wheel uh, hull or whatever. Dude, that's... Yeah. Oh, and you had the, the hood with the curves over the wheel. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like... I love that classic, like, eight, is it the 80s maybe for the Corvette? Or, like, everything... No, up... the 80s was terrible. We had the pop-up yes, lights so and the fucking... Up to the, the 70s? Straight... What is it? That's what I mean. They're, they're kind of going back to that 80s. Dude, didn't I call it we're back in the 80s? Mike, you did, actually. Yeah, we are back. They, like, brought it back where it's, like, the straight lines and shit. Dude, no. It's not... An Italian muscle car, so fucking American muscle car, you know. Man, love it if uh, we went 
back to the muscle car uh, era, right? Make, make some would be nice. beast-normous automobiles. I think they're making the electric DeLorean, too. Okay, so I'll get down with that. I'll do a Tesla DeLorean. An electric DeLorean? Not, yeah, that, that's, that's a good one. I'm down with that. If it's my toy ride, if I have some money to splurge, I'm going to get the, uh, the electric DeLorean. That sounds so fun. And I'm going to deck it out fully. After, after the Daily Wire <laughs> offers us $50 million, it's <laughs> definitely right. getting that electric DeLorean. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a bad. I'm and down with the Jays. That's right. And I want uh, mine to come with a flux capacitor, please. <laughs> that's all I ask for. <laughs> I need to go back in time. A lot of mistakes to fix. <laughs>